blow in her face and she'll follow you anywhere. You are destroying the Constitution of the United States. May God have mercy on your souls. Good day. Yes. We could be saved if we just elected the right white man to power. That's creepy, but that's in a different category of creepy. Zitzu, zitzu, zitzu. Gary Geigers. Of course he introduced zoning laws. Okay. You know what? Don't. Yeah. The less I have to do with that game, the better. Here's my favorite part of the defense. Clodius was probably fucking his sister. Jughead, not Jarhead. I have nothing against Marines. I'm going to make okay. that very clear. I'd be really interested to find out what fucking truth that woman was trying to get at. And like with most episodes, I can bring it back to wrestling. Oh. Right, well, he's got other people who work for him who also do things, and, and they can okay. mutate okay. Uh, okay. human size into smaller worlds, after all. Fuck you. I still don't give a shit about getting fake property in a fantasy game. teacher here in Northern California, uh, and the father of a two-year-old boy who has now officially entered the obsessed with dinosaurs phase. Um, so he knows Tyrannosaurus, he knows Stegosaurus, uh, he can almost say Triceratops. Nice. And uh, yeah, he just discovered... And through him, I just discovered the anime series Dinosaur King, which is like Pokemon with dinosaurs. Okay. And I don't know if I hate it Mm -hmm. or if I'm obsessed with it or both. Because it's, it's not like... I mean, I'm, I'm I'm not ever going to be able to watch an anime series without getting all pointy-headed and nerdy and like metacritical about it uh-huh. ever again. Like like this po- doing this podcast has ruined me for being able to do that. <laughs> just now, just now, I'm just looking at it, going, oh, oh, I see that trope, and that's that's I've seen that before in sure. you know, um, and and there is so much in that series to unpack from so many different places within the genre that it's just like wow and while i'm busy staring at it because that my son is just you know dinosaurs like fighting and nice. it's amazing and so my wife is staring at both of us like you're both idiots <laughs> why what he's two he has an excuse right, what is right. what is What's yours, yours? You know, like oh my god how did I get stuck with this much testosterone in my house? Um, so, so that's what my life, that's what my life looks like right now. How about you? Well, I'm Damien Harmony. I'm a Latin teacher up here in Northern California at a distance. Um, I am the father of an eight year old and a 10 year old. A uh, 10 year old has started telling jokes. A uh, eight year old has been telling jokes for a while. Um, we have moved past so, the dinosaur so phase. genetic condition. Is what you're saying. I think it's more nurture than nature. Okay. Yeah. So they've got me as their exemplar. So yeah. Um, he has been yeah, choosing uh, mid-trilogy movies to watch for Star Wars lately, which has been really kind of interesting. I, I, I don't quite know why, but he's been enjoying that. Um, okay. Yeah. Stop. When okay. you say mid-trilogy, sure. like 
Empire and the second movie, the prequels, or like, what do you mean by yeah? No, that's trilogy? exactly right. So like, okay, he, he did. We did Empire. Actually, he did have us watch okay. um, Sith: Revenge of the Sith, but then he had us watch Empire, and then he also had us watch um, the Force Awakens. No, the second one, um, uh, the the Last Jedi. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. He had us watch that. It's just kind of interesting. to See where he goes with it. Um, but, uh, he also in so doing, he has really started to notice like when Chewbacca is picking up C-3PO's body parts, Mm -hmm. um, he noticed IG-88 just sitting there, uh, by the, uh, by the incinerator and stuff like that. So he's really picking up on those details. It's kind of neat. Oh yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And she has been, uh, just feverishly creating worlds. Like I'm, I'm looking at a stack of papers um that i'm going to tell her you need to organize these when she comes home tomorrow so it's 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 been fun it's been a lot of all right yeah very cool so very cool um you also just for kicks oh you know i will report this to you um Mm. because this will disappoint you we watched the first episode of thundercats which is on hulu um and both of my kids asked me they're like do you like this very much and i was like no kind of don't what do you guys think and they're like you know no, it's it's a little slow, and basically we all came to the same conclusion. It's slow and plodding, and and it's just it's best left unwatched. Again, I I think that you will not think that it aged well. Um, Here's really, the deal. Yeah. I I know I know for mm-hmm. a fact mm-hmm. I'm gonna think if if I if I go back and watch it, mm-hmm. and and now that you've said this, it's schmuck bait, and I'm gonna have to go back and watch it. <laughs> I know I know it will not have aged well. I mm-hmm. know just from my memory. Mm-hmm. That it was all immensely formulaic. Yes. Um, but here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm going to care. Okay. And the reason is because I am a sucker. I am an absolute sucker for the atmosphere. Okay. That's involved. Okay. In in that anything anything. How to put it? It's 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 like this could be our world many 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 thousands of years in the future. Mm-hmm. This could be some mythical world of ours many 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 thousands of years in the past. You know, mm-hmm. any any kind of setting that starts from that premise is automatically going to get an awful lot of leeway for me. Gotcha. Fair enough. And and so like. And 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 I blame Tolkien because it's it's all Middle Earth all over again. Okay. Uh, well, and yeah, yeah. What I was so, going to yeah. say is, uh, we we saw that and we're disappointed. What I recommend for you, though, given that your child is uh, what two and a half. Yes. All right. Um, there's a cartoon called Dinosaurs. Okay. Dinosaurs in space. Oh shit. Yes. Okay. So. <laughs> that that might you be true. You are welcome. Uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if I said thank you. Yeah, I don't, no, I, no, I'm I'm gonna. You know what? I'm, I'm gonna, gonna email say, I'm you gonna say, a link right now <laughs> on the YouTube. So you can probably find it. You? Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. You are quite welcome. So while I'm queuing <laughs> that up for you, uh, yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna talk to us about today, bastard? Uh, well, we're gonna continue talking about Batman. Ooh, like we're gonna keep talking about Batman. Um, so my, my thesis was, uh, Bruce Wayne 
is what liberal comic book writers in 1939 wished billionaires were. Yes. And, you know, Batman in 1939 is kind of what I wish more billionaires were, frankly. Um, yeah. You know, Jeff Bezos has all that fucking money. He could be Batman. What's he doing with it? Like, come on. Like, really? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so... Uh, all right, and I just got your message mm-hmm. here, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ignore that though because yep. I have a convenient excuse not to look at it. Oh God, please! And um, so where where we left off mm-hmm. was um, kind of talking about talking about the roots of the character, talking about you know who who were his bad guys, who you know what was what was the milieu he was operating in, mm-hmm. and so. Here's the thing. The reason no, he's thing a, is in Marvel. Um, nice, yeah. nice, nice. You're thinking nice. of Clayface. Ever loving, ever loving thing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not yet. I'm not thinking of Clayface. It doesn't <laughs> show up uh, for for a year or two yet. Um, God, you know in, what gets me is that all those yeah. villains are so fucking old. Like, oh, they were shit, right in the son, beginning. Like a son, lot of them lasted. Son, you don't know. You're right. right I don't. So so here's the thing. Uh, mm-hmm. not Ben Grimm, but you know, <laughs> the, the, the object of, of my statement, um, wh- why is, why is Batman a millionaire? Uh, like narr- inherited narratively, money. well, okay. But narratively, why does he have to be a billionaire? I think it gets you to the Doc Savage, uh, competency thing. If he doesn't have access to tons and tons of funds, um, then you have to explain in a different way how he got to be uh, the way he was. Very good. Yes. And mm-hmm. um, he's a gadget hero. Need Yeah. Need money to keep up. And you need, yeah. you need. So, so through comic book hand wavium. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I he's like a that. billionaire. He's <laughs> You know, one of these days I'm going to like somehow like force push you through the Internet to force you to look up TV tropes because okay. there's just there's so much shorthand I use that like I'm totally like I'm, I'm just stealing whole cloth from there gotcha. because it's because it's so easy. It's like you always talk about, you know, I'm going to paint with a broad brush because it saves time. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm going to steal this term from TV tropes because it, <laughs> it fits so well and it saves me having to come up with something original. It's the same diff. So, but um, the thing is, you know, you say, well, you know, he's a, he's a billionaire, you know, playboy. Mm-hmm. Automatically, that means well, he has all the money, right? And and I mean, there there have been people in the modern era who've gone through and broken down. You know how how rich does Bruce Wayne actually have to be? Six point eight billion dollars at last count. Something something like that, yeah. And in order to fully fund from zero to from scratch to full on Batmanism, uh, three point yeah. five million dollars. Well, there you go. So yeah. So yeah, um, but but of course, if you're writing a comic book, you don't have to crunch those numbers. True, because you're just telling a story, mm-hmm. right? So so all right, well you know he's a billionaire, and that pays for the utility belt and the gas capsules and the uh, I'm trying to think the 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 grappling hooks mm-hmm. and the 
gas masks and the the batarangs, the bat gyro. By the way, the first bat aircraft was an auto gyro, which as as the son of a civil aviator is like nerd squee like all over. Yeah, the bat gyro, the Batmobile, all of that shit appeared in Detective Comics in the first few issues of Batman's existence. Does Batman okay. ever have a child? Well, okay. He does, because I, I remember... Damien, Damien Wayne. Yeah, he was named the, after me. Recent, yes. Um, yes. But uh, that's or right. the Omen, one of the two. Right. But yeah. So, question for um, you. When, yeah. when his son is in the crib, does he hang a bunch of little versions of his car over his son while he's sleeping? Nice. Thank you. Nice. Time check? Uh, eleven forty-one. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. You you've done worse. I've, you've done I've better. Done much but, worse. You know. You yeah. Okay. That's a good. See that one. That one. I'll yeah. give you. Okay. Thank you. Um, I'm not. I ain't even mad. Uh, <laughs> so so. Anyway, you know, he has all, a gyro. Yeah. So so he has so he has all this stuff because he can pay for it because he's a billionaire. Mm-hmm. You know, in in high school. A buddy of mine with ambitions to be a genre writer um, actually tried to think about, okay, no, seriously, if a working class dude wanted to try to be a vigilante, Mm -hmm. what would that be? And he kind of tried to deconstruct it. And he got a couple of chapters into what he was writing and he was like, I can't keep it going anymore because... It just gets too depressing. Uh huh. <laughs> well, that's kind of what Peter yeah. Parker was. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. And in, he in can't. Way, yeah. Luckily, he can still fall back on Aunt May. Well, one, he can he can fall back on but... Aunt May, and and remember and remember that Spidey has the fallback of he does in fact actually have soup. There are some superhuman abilities. Uh, good point. In his in his in his wheelhouse, he can you know climb climb up you know he can he can climb stuff he can do, you know about the only pieces of tech he relies on canonically are his web shooters, mm-hmm. and that and the thing is that gets hand waved because he's a high school science genius. Yeah, he has a chemistry set yeah. at home. Yeah. <laughs> And he, he makes like, something. What exotic what exotic shit does he have in that chemistry <laughs> set and he's able to do synthetic spider silk? Like like with, he's with not a only tensile, a genius. Yeah, with the tensile strength that it can actually hold Ben Grimm's arms to his sides and then dissolves into nothingness after an hour. Yeah. Like, wow. That's like something. holy shit. Here's the deal. Um <laughs> this is this oh, come is on. The one time was... you could have and you don't say here's the thing. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Good point. All right. done. So anyway. But like, you know, that's 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 a great example of so okay, seriously, if you have developed that, why are you spending your time chasing muggers? Because right. we are talking about Peter Parker, who does in fact chase muggers. That's yep. that's part of his raison d'etre. Why are you chasing muggers when you could be making billions of dollars in material science and then using that money to fund whatever the fuck you want to? Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, 
wait, 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 wait. Let's, let's look at how, you know, because people talk about, okay, if Batman has enough money to be Batman, why doesn't he, you know, improve the schools in Gotham? Right. Set up a which, jobs program. Which, which, you know, depending on which writer is doing it, he often also does. Okay. To, to be, to be fair. Okay. Depending, a lot of that depends on the writer. Uh, you know, uh, Frank Miller, uh, makes him a lot more of a dick than some other writers have because <laughs> it's Frank Miller. Right. Who I'm just going to say it. Frank Miller, who is a dick. Um, you know, and yeah, yeah. Okay. Whoever you are out on the internet. Yeah. Don't, don't at me with your stories of no man, a man, a man, a con, and he was awesome. No, look, look at what he writes. He's a dick. Mm-hmm. Like, no, come on. Um, I'm going to stand by that statement. And, and if I meet the man in person, I'm, I'm, I may wind up having to, you know, confront that, but whatever. Um, I'm never going to, so I don't, I feel confident. I'm not going to have to, you know, face consequences for saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but getting back to talking about Bruce Wayne. So, so the whole reason that he is a rich guy is because he's, you know, a competent man hero and he's a gadget hero. And in order to do that without being a super being, mm-hmm. you have to have money. That's that's Yeah, true. At at the at yeah. the beginning at, at the beginning of his mythos, his his fortune really is his superpower because yes. it's, it's the root of his ability to do all of the other stuff that he does. Um and and you know it's one thing to say, okay, well, it'll cost you three point two million dollars to go from zero to, you know, the Batmobile and the and the, all the all the widgets. Mm-hmm. But then, um, uh, if you own a really, really amazingly high performance mil spec vehicle, mm-hmm. you don't just own that thing. You have it. to maintain that thing, right? You know, and there's. And that thing like, is not operating to make you money. No, it's, it's no, operating it's, at a loss. It is, <laughs> like, it is a net loss. Everything yeah. Batman does is a net loss. Mm-hmm. Um. So so, you know the the, and again this kind of goes back to my thesis from from last time. The overtones that that we get nowadays of well you know he's this he's this you know privileged rich guy who goes out and beats up on poor people and the mentally ill. Originally, the the reason he was a millionaire was so he could be a crime fighter. Okay. If you get what I'm saying, it's it, it was it was it was a narrative means to an end. Yeah, yeah. And and he, you know, the the dual identity bit was was part of the character and was well, you know, he he plays the upper class twit during the day sure. to throw people off of his trail the same way that you know Clark Kent is a nebbish. You know, so people don't suspect that he's, that he's Superman. It's the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> and then and then I really want to spend some time talking about the villains that he goes up against. Okay. Um, in in the first like year and a half, two years of his existence. Mm-hmm. Um. So, and and this is also going to lead to kind of another uh, segue. <sighs> so you remember, hopefully from last episode, uh, Bob Kane. Mm-hmm. came up with this idea, I'm going to do a bat guy, 
right? And he's going to have these wings. Right. And this is kind of what I got, and I don't have a lot else. And he invited Bill Finger over, and he said, okay, take a look at this. Tell me what you think. And Bill Finger basically made him into what we know as Batman. Right. Well, then, um, Bill Finger is responsible for creating Bruce Wayne's tragic backstory. Mm-hmm. That, that whole plot was Bill Finger's idea. And um, in, in the second Batman story, uh, the second villain that, that Batman goes up against is a uh, jewel thief, the leader of a gang of jewel thieves named Frenchie Blake. Okay. Who, who and I'm going to push back against what you were saying yesterday a mm-hmm. little bit, not, not entirely because you do have a point, but there's a little bit of pushback here. Uh, Frenchie Blake is a very, very, very waspy looking dude. Sure. Upper upper class looking jewel thief type, uh, who is the second second villain that, that Batman defeats. All right. Now the first super villain that Batman goes up against is Doctor Death in Steve. Detective Comics number twenty nine. Okay, so not the professional wrestler from Texas, Steve Williams. No, technically no, no. from Oklahoma, no. but so yeah. not that guy. No. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me at all that there's a guy in wrestling with that moniker. But yeah. He, he got that uh, nickname when yeah. he was in football, though, not when he was a wrestler. Like, it carried over. How the fuck do you get the name Dr. Death playing football? Uh, you smash the shit oh. out of anybody because you're a defensive lineman. Okay. Oh, yeah. He fucked people up. Or maybe he was an offensive lineman. Either way, he fucked people lineman. up. Period lineman. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. and so, yeah. But that was Dr. <laughs> Def Steve Williams. Producer George right. uh, grew up rather enjoying that guy as a wrestler. So, okay. Yeah. All right. So he uh, fights Batman. Yeah. So this guy, Dr. Death, is a mad scientist. Mm-hmm. He is the, the first, you know, super villain archetype bad guy that Batman goes up against. Um, and, uh, he develops a toxin from plant pollen Ah. that he somehow uses to try to extort rich citizens of Gotham. Uh, he actually winds up killing one of them only to find out that by overhearing the, the dead man's widow, uh, he, he finds out that the guy had lost his fortune in the depression so um, worth worth noting as part of the yeah backstory of of the creation of this whole mythos. Um, and so Doctor Death appears to die in issue twenty nine. Mm-hmm. Um, he he and his uh, South Asian Indian uh, uh, henchmen uh, both appear to die when the the warehouse he's using as his his lair catches on fire. Uh, but he winds up showing back up in uh, uh, issue 30. Mm-hmm. kept wanting to say episode 30. He shows up in, in issue 30, uh, very heavily disfigured and, and really looking super villainous. Looks kind of like Red Skull only burned. Okay. Um, and, and so that's kind of the first time that we see the, the super villain kind of archetype. But it's interesting to note that he's a super villain, but he's still doing pretty kind of mundane crook kind of stuff. At the end of the day, it's an extortion racket that Batman winds up beating. Okay. Over the course of the story. Um, in, and, and, and in, in 30, he winds up being thoroughly defeated and is dead and, and remarkably stays dead. Mm-hmm. 
uh, the Mad Monk shows up in issue 31. He's Batman's first supernatural villain. He's a vampire. Oh. And uh, he actually tries to uh, kidnap and turn Bruce Wayne's fiance. So Bruce Wayne's already engaged. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that character disappears somewhere over the course of canon. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but it's interesting to note that because at this point in the story. Line, Batman is not enough of an obsessive, brooding, negative Nancy that he doesn't have a fiance. He has a relationship. He is, you know, in, he he is attached enough to this to this woman that he winds up going to Hungary mm-hmm. uh, to you know rescue her from the clutches of of the Mad Monk. Um, and, and so there's, there's this, you know, legitimate kind of, you know, Bruce Wayne has a, has a love life mm-hmm. kind of story, mm-hmm. which you hear about that now and you're like, wait, and it's not Catwoman. Like that's not some right. other, you know, it's not somebody who's wildly troubled like he is. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. not somebody desperately damaged sadomaso schizo in a rubber suit like him, you know, um, <laughs> okay. And, and now I have to have to segue, uh, my, my best friend in college, uh, one of one of his buddies or, or a couple of his buddies in high school uh, made a fan film, you know, mm-hmm. massively low budget camcorder kind of thing. Uh, one of them had actually managed to get a hold of a cowl uh, reproduction of the of the of the Burton movie, the first Burton movie, you know, Batman cowl. Right, right. And and they had to do something with it, so they made a fan film uh, in which uh, Batman and Catwoman, you know, meet up. And their back and forth is uh, involves the phrase of Batman saying, "Well, you know, I mean, basically, I'm a sadomaso schizo in a rubber suit." And and that 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 encapsulation of the modern incarnation of Batman <laughs> has stuck with me ever since I first heard that story. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, no. So, so at this point in, in, you know, Bruce Wayne somehow, mm-hmm. um, has, has a normal enough daytime existence that, that, you know, he has a fiance like to, to, to us in the, in the modern era of, of Batman. That's like, and it's not Selena Kyle. Right. And it's, and it's not. You know, I'm trying to remember who else. You know, there, there have been a couple in, in recent comic book history. Oh, who, I've I've, I've got a bit out. of a, a, a rouge's oh. gallery, um, if you will. Nice. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Uh, when we get to the movies, because it it becomes a major plot point for most of the movies. Oh yeah. Because the movies are well, I won't spoil it. Yeah, I won't yeah. Spoil yeah. a movie that's no, no, thirty plus means. years old. By all means. So. So. Um, well, won't spoil the conversation for when we get. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Um, so and and it's also worth noting that uh, the Mad Monk uh, also has a henchwoman named Dala, who uh, is a werewolf, and uh, she's the first super villainess in Batman's uh-huh. history. Okay. And now, so far, every one of these villains that I'm mentioning uh, winds up coming to a very bad end. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, of course, pre comics code authority right and so batman's villains tended to die 
And Batman didn't ever intentionally murder any of them. But when he punched them and they fell off of a roof, he didn't immediately dive to grab them to save them. Sure, sure. Um, Again, this is pre-CCA. Yeah. 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 And so throughout the 40s, what what I find interesting about about kind of kind of the, the overarching tone of all of this is mm-hmm. that throughout the forties, Batman comics were consistently noir. They were I mean they were they were they were, you know, four color comics, but they were dark four color comics. Um Well, keep the, in mind the, they came from detective comics, correct? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. the hard-boiled detective, the film noir detective, there's some there's some bleeding over that happens with that. And yes. so I think oh, yeah. that we're seeing yeah. elements of that. Oh, we we totally are. Yeah. I I don't I, I I think I think that's yeah. It's it's not so much a matter my my emphasis on this isn't so much a matter of my own surprise. Mm-hmm. Um as it is, um I think it's really important to note because again, in our modern era of Batman, every incarnation of Batman that we have seen, mm-hmm. certainly in our lives, you and me, mm-hmm. has been some kind of response to Adam West. Yes, and I think we've, I think we, I think we've talked about. I this will, yeah, brief, I will, I will be speaking to that when I get to the movies. Yes, yeah, absolutely, and and so and so. And, and and the Comics Code Authority, as we talked about way back in season one, uh, wound up having a profound effect on the character of, particularly of Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Superman was always a Boy Scout. Superman was always the better angels of our nature. Superman was always the Apollonian sunlight yes. figure. Yes. Batman was a vengeful agent of of harsh justice and punishment and in the modern era of batman he has come back around to that with a vengeance yes um from being you know the campy you know 60s figure into what happened in the 70s into the 80s and etc right and in the films well but, the, the campy 60s figure though was a direct result of the cca Oh like, yeah, yeah. And, they were and, all de yeah. de denoirified. They were all defanged. Yes, everybody, everybody had their claws pulled. Yeah, um, and so so these these early comics have a lot of death. They have a lot of re- like real seediness, and and I'm, I don't, it's a theme I'm gonna I'm gonna continue coming back to. Mm-hmm. Um, so and I, and I mentioned this in the last episode, but this is where it actually shows up in my notes. In Batman number forty-seven, um, which uh, comes around, it's this is a number of years forward in the timeline, but it's kind of important to mention here. Um, uh, he he encounters Joe Chill, the mugger who killed his parents, and this is where we learn Joe Chill's name. Okay. And um, in the original pre-Crisis on Infinite Earths origin story, because DC can't maintain canon to save their fucking lives. But anyway, in the original, 
<laughs> in the original origin story, uh, Bruce memorized the mugger's face in that moment after his parents had been had been shot. He mm-hmm. he the man's face was seared on his brain in very Doc Savage kind of language. And um, so when he re-encounters Joe Chill, Joe Chill isn't a low-level mugger anymore. He's a gang leader. He has he has moved up to now being the head of a criminal organization, a group. Okay. And so uh, Batman confronts him, and um, he he says something to Chill about the night that you know you killed Jonathan Wayne. And Chill says, you you can't know that. And he says, no, I know that because I'm the son of the man you murdered. And he actually winds up, you know, giving away his identity to Chill. Well, Chill gets away from him and wow. runs back to his gang. And, you know, in the process of telling the members of his gang what happened, he basically let slip to the gang that he's the one responsible for creating the Batman. And his own men gun him down ah. before they... Before they realize, hey, wait a minute, you know who he is. Mm-hmm. And so they they shoot him, and he's mortally wounded. And the goons are surrounding him, and they're and they're like they're trying to get the information out of him. Who who is he? Who is he? And then you know Batman shows up and knocks them all unconscious, and then Chill dies in his arms, telling him, "Well, I guess you got your vengeance in the end, Batman." And um. Uh, uh, he ans- in, in that moment he answers no Bruce Wayne got his revenge okay. it is the closing closing coda for that little episode so again um, vengeance I, I am vengeance I am the night is you know the line from the cartoon series from the 1990s mm-hmm. which you know long long may its memory be blessed um, Which actually is a line from the original script for the, uh, I almost said Buster Keaton. <laughs> Michael Keaton? Yeah, or Diane Keaton, yeah. whatever. Diane Keaton. Alex P. Keaton. Uh, but anyway, it was originally. I'm, I'm just picturing Diane Keaton yeah. in the In the, in bat, the, in the little shit. vest, like from yeah. a Woody, a Woody yeah. Allen movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, in, in the. And the eccentric kind of haircut and the and the glasses. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. but uh, <laughs> but uh, that line was actually originally in the script. Uh, I am the knight. You know, it's like, what are you? And he's like, I am the knight. But instead, yeah. he said, I'm Batman. Batman. So kind of interesting that that shows up in the. Uh, what do you call it? Yeah. Um. So yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's 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 worth. Yeah. Uh, Cross pollination is a is a remarkable thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so and again so we're and now this is this is we're jumping ahead here this is 1948 and again the the people he's fighting mm-hmm. aren't the mentally ill in this case and they're not you know you know desperate low level muggers it's it's a it is it is again a a a criminal syndicate a gang of people Mm-hmm. Who he's who he's taking down? Who, you know, one individual, you know, yeah. Anyway, going back to my, you know, this this is what we wish you know rich people were doing with their money instead of whatever it is they're actually right. doing, right? You know, um, 
And so then now backtracking back to the to the earlier in his timeline, <laughs> what rich people were doing with their money prior to Batman coming out were trying to do a coup d'etat on the American government. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> Only a few years earlier. 30, 30, 30, I want to say what? thirty-four. Yeah, I think you're right. Because yeah. it was FDR's second year in, so yeah, thirty-four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you know, just a <laughs> yes. Uh, Batman. Remember, was it Smedley? I'm Smed... remembering it was Smedley yep. Butler, right? Smedley Butler. Yeah. War. War is a racket. Yep. Uh, <sighs> God, he's got such an interesting story. Like. That, oh, that needs to be a biopic because he spent yeah. so many years. He even said, I spent 34 years being a, a, a warrior for colonialism. What a racket, basically. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, what do you call it? Um, yeah. So, yes, we very much wish, wish that rich people were doing something other than that with their money. Yeah. But that's what that's, they were doing. Yeah. So um, Hugo Strange mm-hmm. shows up in D.C. number 36. Okay. In February of 1940, this is another mad scientist, and uh, so he shows up in 36, and then I don't remember if it was 37 or 38, but a, but a an episode or two, an issue or two later, mm-hmm. um, after Batman takes him down and you know hands him over to the authorities, he's the first Batman villain to escape from an asylum. Right. And now it's interesting to me that Hugo Strange is not in in his original appearance he's not insane he is megalomaniacal he mm-hmm. is a sociopath but he's not criminally insane and for whatever reason, the the writers decided that when they needed him to escape from somewhere, it was, well, he's escaping from the city asylum. It wasn't named Arkham yet. Okay. Arkham, Arkham was not part of the mythos yet in 40. But, but that's the first time we start seeing the idea that, you know, these people are not right in the head mm-hmm. showing up. Okay. So when when he when he first appeared though he he wasn't crazy he was he was evil you know um now in 19 in spring of 1940 Batman got his own title now he continued appearing in detective comics but now he had his appearances in detective comics and there was a Batman comic book mm-hmm. and in Batman number 1 one of the stories in Batman number one was the introduction of Catwoman. Okay. In 40. Um, and she was introduced, presumably Bruce Wayne's earlier uh, uh, fiance has, you know, somehow been shuffled off stage. And uh, Kyle Catwoman shows up mm-hmm. and uh, finger and Kane, um, Basically, both in interviews said that, that they introduced the character to introduce a romantic interest, uh, to give the comic some sex appeal, and and to attract female readers. The naivete of comic book writers never ceases to amaze me. It's true with movie producers too. Just says you know. We'll, we'll, uh, yeah. Okay. We'll get to that. Uh, all right, but yeah. like, okay, so so. 
when we get to talking about the TV series, I think, you know, Batgirl mm-hmm. is a meaningful example of, well, we want to add a female character to increase female, to get women interested. And okay, so because Batgirl mm-hmm. is a heroine and she kicks ass and, you know, girl power. And okay, so I mean, I can understand why a girl would be interested in watching an episode that has Batgirl in it. Mm-hmm. Why a girl or a woman would be drawn to the comic because of Catwoman, who is admittedly not evil, but is still an antagonist, a villainous. Like, where do you get the idea that, you know, a, a, a Jean Harlow, uh, you know, uh, a lookalike villainous is going to increase female readership? Like, what's, what's the, like, I freely admit that I, I am not any kind of expert on the female mind, but that doesn't seem to make sense to me. Sure. Yeah. I think that, uh, it's, it's one of those, um, Batman is a male fantasy. Okay. And Catwoman is a female male fantasy. (laughs) <laughs> and uh-huh. so it therefore boys like batman girls will like catwoman it's as surely as the sun rises in the east right obviously yeah okay i guess i guess that makes sense in a in a certain you really don't understand how representation works do you kind of way but okay yeah it's so, a it's a it's a i don't want to say lazy I do think they were doing the best they they could. They just didn't have women working with them in the workplace at that time as people in the bullpen doing the art or yeah. or, or the writing or the yeah, editing. Or like women were saying, frozen yeah. out. So yeah. it then it, you know it's very similar to when I when I taught comic books a few years back. God, that was forever ago. Um but when I taught comic books, I I did an entire a uh, week on African Americans, or or just uh, black, because uh, T'Challa is not American. But uh, I did an yeah. entire week on on black superheroes, and I was like, "Look, here's here's Luke Cage, here's you know Power Man." I said, "Keep in mind, at the time, pretty woke, uh, but it's still two white guys writing what they think black guys are." Yeah. And yeah. I think that what you're seeing there is uh, two guys writing what they think a woman would want to be based on what they know a man wants to be. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that. And um, so I, I, I want to I note here. Uh, so let's see. I've mm-hmm. mentioned... Bruce Wayne's backstory, the utility belt, the batarangs, all of Batman's gadgets, the design of his costume, Dr. Death, Mad Monk, Joe Chill, Hugo Strange. So far, all of that mm-hmm. has been Bill Finger's ideas. Bill Finger. It's interesting because I don't really hear not, about him much. Not 
Bob Kane. No, you don't hear about him very much because Bob Kane was the one who went in and had the talk with the editors about the contract and got his name put on everything as the as the creator of wow. Batman. And Bill Finger wound up dying of, you know, long term illness and and, you know, essentially in in paupery mm-hmm. uh, in I don't remember what year. Uh, without having gotten anywhere near the share of credit he deserved uh, for for his part in the creation of Batman and like every member, practically every member of the rogues gallery, notably Catwoman was mostly Kane's idea. I, I bring all of that up because in my notes, for once, this was an idea that was mostly Kane's. Okay. And and that also brings us because now we're talking about Batman issue number one, and I know I know this is something we're going to be talking about a lot when we get to talking about the TV show and the and the movies, because mm-hmm. um, the name has already come up a couple of times, especially in the Nolan films, the Joker. The Joker shows up in Batman number one as well, and there is no consensus about who was most responsible for the character of the Joker. Okay. Uh, Kane and Finger, of course, were, you know, uh, the, the two main creators of most everything, but, um, uh, let's see, I've got it written down here somewhere. Uh, but the, the artist at the time, uh, cause, cause they, they needed another artist to do Batman because, uh, Kane was doing the detective comic stuff. So they needed another artist to come in. Oh man, I was looking it up earlier and somehow I can't find it in my notes right now, but, um, so it could be mm-hmm. the Joker is Kane's cause Kane basically Kane, Kane is in a hurry to take credit for like fucking everything. Um, finger basically basically took credit for part of the visual inspiration for the character uh, because he heard in his story Kane mentioned that hey Jerry Robinson is the artist mm-hmm. that Kane said hey uh, you know Jerry and I have this idea for this for this villain what do you think and he wound up uh, uh, finger that is uh, wound up, uh, being inspired by that to find a photo of um, the actor Conrad Veet uh, as the character Gwynplaine in the movie The Man Who Laughs from 1928. Um, and in in that film, the the idea of the character is is, is this this fellow who who winds up suffering an injury and he has uh, surgery that permanently alters his face so that he he is his face is constantly stuck in this rictus of a grin okay. that he can't stop doing. And, um, he, I'm, I'm looking at the photo of it right now. Um, I don't know how well this will translate, but oh, it totally does. Yeah. I've seen and, that. yeah. and I'm, I'm now, I'm now showing, showing this virtually of course over the internet to, to Damien. It is, it is disturbing. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it, really it has it has overtones of German expressionism. Like that's how out oh, yeah. outboard yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And so uh, Jerry Robinson says that he drew a sketch of a Joker card, you know, from a deck of cards Mm -hmm. that was the original inspiration for the character. And Kane has a different story about, you know, who came up with the idea first. So we don't actually know for, for once Kane, Hmm. Kane did not try to say, no, no, it was all my idea, but he, he, he he leaned in that direction, but in this case, it was both Finger and Robinson saying, "Well, you know, it wasn't all him." Right. And so we we don't really know who of the of the trio uh, of the triumvirate. We don't know who it was who was responsible for for mostly for the creation of the character. So Joker's origin is largely unknown. Yep. That's cool. That's, that's really cool. Because art really totally is. imitates art there. Yeah. yeah <laughs> totally. totally. Um, and so the thing is, so he shows up in Batman number one. Mm-hmm. And Robinson got interviewed in 1975. And, and uh, Robinson was, was in that interview saying this was my idea. So, so the way it's phrased is, is going gonna, is gonna to reflect that. But Robinson basically said that he, he wanted he wanted to have a character who was going to be a Moriarty to Batman's Holmes. Makes sense. And and what I find important about that is we're still looking at Batman as the world's greatest detective. Mm-hmm. It's it's still in the detective comics roots. Okay. Um and so the Joker was intended to be smart, resourceful, and utterly and completely depraved and evil. Right. Uh, in his first appearances, he was, no kidding, a complete psychopath. Although they didn't have the vocabulary for it then, he, uh-huh. he was a serial killer. Okay. Okay. Um, and, and he, unlike most of Batman's antagonists, he did not use a gun because they wanted to stress the fact that he was more creative, he was more intelligent, he was more resourceful. Gotcha. And so therefore his, more terrifying. And therefore scarier. Yeah. And so his his uh, original weapon of choice was Joker Toxin, which was introduced in Batman issue number one. Okay. That, mm-hmm. that killed people and left their faces in this horrible rictus grin kind of condition. Um... Now, Finger uh, liked the idea, said, yeah, this guy's great. This is awesome. Finger did not want the Joker to stick around. Finger wanted the Joker to die. Interesting. And the way the, way the second, because there were two Joker stories. There was a you know, part one and a part two mm-hmm. in, Batman, in Batman number one. And in the second one of those stories, Finger wrote it originally with the Joker dead. But their editor, Whitney Ellsworth, insisted on a panel being added at the end of it to show the Joker had survived. Very Moriarty. Very Moriarty. And and the reason Finger didn't want him to survive was having a recurring villain made Batman look incompetent. Mm. Yeah. Which, which goes back to what one of the points that came up in, in our last episode, episode talking yeah. about the competence of the police. <laughs> like, 
and and has been something that critics of Batman have pointed out ever since is like, okay, no, look, seriously, you keep throwing him in the asylum, he keeps escaping, and he keeps literally killing people. Like ethically, your your whole I will not kill thing is now a moral failing because yeah. every time you refuse to do that, he's gonna get loose and he's gonna kill somebody. Mm-hmm. So like where is the ethical balance there? Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, and, and that's, and that's where it's rooted. Finger originally wanted the Joker to die. And the editor went, no, 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 no. Too iconic. We, we can, we can, we can do shit with this. Right. So, um, and so one of the things Robinson said about the Joker was he wanted a villain who was going to be in direct contrast to the gang leaders and crime lords who were more frequent Batman antagonists. And again, this goes back to my original thesis about, mm-hmm. you know, gang lords, criminals, the mafia influence on 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 the milieu and mm-hmm. who it was who it was that the writers and the audience of Batman wanted to see being brought to justice. Mm-hmm. And so now this is, no, no, we, we, we want to, we want to have a villain who can actually challenge this guy who, who isn't, who isn't just going to be, you know, a mook of the week. And, and so that's, that's the origin of the Joker. And I think with that development that puts in motion a whole host of other things. Yes. That accrete over time that add that, that get that glommed onto the myth that become part of the mythology over time that change the character of who he was originally. And so kind of kind of put a pin in the Joker for now because it's going to show up again later on, both when I'm talking about the comics and of course when you start talking about films. Right. Now, in Detective Comics number 38, Robin shows up. So this is, uh, I want to say spring 40, maybe fall 40. Um, And the original idea, again, Robin, was Bill Finger's idea. Okay. Another one. Now, in fairness, everybody had a goddamn sidekick in the 40s. Nope. No? Not 1940. Robin was the first one. He was the first, really? Okay. Robin is the example. Okay. I take it back. Because I was thinking of because Bucky when Cap came around. So, like, in that genre, in that time, you had teenagers. But, like you just said, Robin was the first. So, everybody's Robin kind of bouncing off of Robin. Yeah. And this is, this is again, an example of where, where we started talking about this last episode. Right. That Batman is one of the archetypes. And and the Batman comics are responsible for so many of these archetypes. Sure. And so Robin shows up in in Detective Comics 38 and Finger wanted to introduce the character because Batman is the world's greatest detective. Mm -hmm. But when he's working solo, he doesn't have anybody to talk to. So it's a it's it's a lot harder for the writer 
to explain what his deductive process is. Unless he's got when, a mentee. Un, un, unless, right. unless he's got a mentee or, or a Watson figure, a partner who he mm-hmm. can be like, oh, you know, I figured it out because, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, the cane, you know, he's carrying a cane. So obviously he's, you know, wounded somehow. He's got this thing. And I've spotted that because his left shoe was more heavily worn than his right one. Right. And, you know, I knew about the dog because the cane, you know, shows where here, here and here and here. And, you know, da 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 the dirt on his, you know, cuff of his jeans shows that he was, you know. Right, right. All of that stuff. Um, you know, all, all of those kind of Watsonian, or not Watsonian, those Holmesian um, kind of details. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you need to have a foil to tell that stuff to. And sure. so we have Robin. And Robin's origin, of course, is Dick Grayson uh, mm-hmm. of the Flying Graysons. And uh, his origin involves mob boss Tony Zuko, and it's and it's only and it's only Ooh. after our conversation, only after you pointed out that I realized, wow, that's 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 really Italian, isn't it? That's, Holy that's not Italian. just Italian. Wow, that's what people would have called Italian. Like that's how badly, <laughs> like stereotypical it is. Yeah, you know, yeah. Tony Tony Zuko. Yeah. Uh, like he would have been in the shop helping uh, Danny in Greece, like yeah, yeah, with that name, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, so originally he starts out just being Boss Zuko, but later on we find out his first name is Anthony Tony. Mm. Um, and and Zuko kills Dick's family as part of an extortion plot against the Haley Circus. And so again. The antagonists we're looking at are, you know, mundane. It is once mm-hmm. again a mundane crime lord. Um, Clayface and Puppet Master both appear in 1940 as well. Wait, wait. I want to go back just a little bit. Okay. Robin, in some ways, then, is like a blend of Dickensian and Horatio Alger meets comic books. You're down on your luck. Uh, okay. Things aren't good. You're orphaned. Orphan. Uh, That's very that's way Dickens. Yeah. Way, but way also Horatio Alger, because like through his goodness, he is helped by a rich benefactor. Yeah, his yeah. Oh, wow. Wow, and there's a whole shit ton to unpack there when we talk about Horatio Alger too. Uh-huh. And Dickens. But yep. more Alger. Yeah. Yeah. Alger was Dickens. much more specific. Dickens was yeah, more Dickens, genre. Dickens. Well, Dickens Dickens was more genre, and and at at his heart, Dickens was his era's version of a bleeding heart liberal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's he's would, showing would, everything. Would, yeah, yeah, we would we wouldn't have a Christmas story if he weren't a bleeding heart liberal. Right. Uh, wow. Yeah. I had not. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I know you're totally right, though. Yeah. Um. And and so when when we're talking about Robin, it's kind of it's it's worth pointing out that when we get to the the cca and all of that um one of the complaints that was specific batman was a big target of i don't have his name in front of me right now uh oh, the, the one who wrote the books sent, yeah yeah kefauver really had a mad on about the batman comics Oh wait, are because, you talking about the guy who actually the psychiatrist who wrote about juvenile? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Because yeah. Kefauver was the the uh, the the senator who oh, was yeah, railing yeah. against it. But yeah. yeah. 
anyway, seduction of the innocent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I'm, you know, a, a beer in at this point. So I'm having a hard time remembering, but, um, seduction uh, of the innocent. Frederick Worthen. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I knew it was, I wanted to say Werther, but I was like, no, that's the candy Worthen. Um, <laughs> a lot, a lot more bitter, a lot more bitter than Werther. Um, yeah, less variety too. Less. <laughs> that's good. Thank you. Um, no, Worthen, Worthen like had a mad on for, for Batman specifically mm-hmm. because it, it, I, I think, I think to Worthen, Batman represented the, the, the quote unquote worst of the superhero genre and the detective comic genre. Sure. Uh, because it was, it was dark and grim and awful and, and, you know, crime lords and grittiness and murder and all this stuff. Um, and, and one of the things that he accused the Batman comics of, of doing mm-hmm. was, uh, and, and he also, he, he, kind of said the same thing about, you know, Bucky and any other sidekicks, but, but he picked on Batman cause Batman was the first one to do it. That the relationship between Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson was, um, very, cl- was obviously homosexual and it was, and it was, you know, uh, uh insinuating right. sexuality into the minds of youth. And it was the fifties and people didn't understand that like, no man, if you're gay, you're going to be gay. And if you're not, you're not even going to pick up on it. Like, you well, know, and I mean, that was at the time where you had the mental hygiene videos and there was one called, uh, the homosexual. And I remember very clearly deep voice guy saying, one never knows when the homosexual is about. Really? Yeah. And, uh, oh, shit. Oh, I gotta it, look at it. Yeah. It's, uh, it was, oh Jesus. It was a tour de force of fucked upness. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's this kid cuts school and he like kind of climbs through a, uh, a chain link fence and he's down under the boardwalk and having a good time. And an older man kind of shows up fedora, kind of creepy, offers him a cigarette. Um, you're just like a, a couple steps away from Dudley being in the comic book shop in different strokes. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, but it, wow. it, yeah it treats it, it treats it bad. Wow. Yeah. Well, because I mean, obviously, if you're a homosexual, you must be a pedophile because, mm-hmm. you know, obviously. Right. Because, you know, 50s and like, the fuck are you people thinking? Yeah. I, like, like, did you did you bother like looking at the at the actual like artwork that that they were producing for themselves? Right. Like, right. Did, like none of that, none of that involved, you know, teenage boys. Like, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you if you actually look at it, no, 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 they're very clearly into men. Yeah. Like they're they're adults uh, with an adult no, with, with an adult sexuality sexuality. Like, yeah. like you know, but anyway, yeah. So, so so yeah no uh so so worth and and you know Kefauver as worth and mouthpiece yeah kind of the legitimate um, the, 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 the legitimator the legitimator yeah, yeah uh, uh made a huge big deal about that mm-hmm. um and so you know that that had an impact on on the way that developed in the in the comics 
Um, and now we're, we're kind of getting toward the, toward the end of, of what I was actually able to get like notes on, uh, <laughs> over the course of the week. So, um, in 41, well, first in 40, we see Clayface and Puppet Master show up okay. and I wasn't able to find any real information about the Puppet Master of 1940. Everything I found was about the ventriloquist who doesn't actually show up until the seventies. Um, so I don't have very much about that, but Clayface shows up early on and it's interesting that in our modern era, we see Clayface as this very tragic figure Mm -hmm. because of the animated series where the, the tragedy of his condition and, uh, Bruce Wayne's desire as Batman to try to find a way to help him to mm-hmm. find a way to cure him is a really big deal and a really big part of that story. That's, uh, that's not, that's not there <laughs> in 1940. He's, he's, he's a shape-shifting criminal. Like, sure. Sure. No, he's, he, he is a science fiction villain. Right. Uh, in, in the same vein as the evil scientists, you know, uh, that, that I've already mentioned, you know, Hugo strange and Dr. Death, um, they're sci-fi villains. He's sure. a sci-fi villain. Um, in his case, it's, he has a, he has a super ability that he's using for evil, but again, he's a sci-fi villain, which now goes back to this being 1939, 1940. Mm-hmm. And we have, you know, the, the world's fair in New York and we have, you know, the first world con and we have this era in which, you know, on the right, we have futurism and on the left, we have the Futurians. Uh, who were actually excluded from the first world con because they were explicitly leftist. Um, you know, and, and, you know, both, both groups are futurists and they're both looking at, you know, scientific advancement being, you know, the way forward and technology, you know, being, you know, building, building very different visions of utopia. Mm hmm. And so, so this, this, you know, science fiction element is still there, is, is very much there throughout all of these stories. And of course, Batman being a sci-fi hero, being a gadgeteer with all these, you know, cutting edge technological tools at his disposal, mm-hmm. you know, is, is a big thing. So that's, that's 1940. In 41, Scarecrow shows up for the first time. And again, just like you, wow. I, I was looking. I was looking over the chronology, going like, "Really? Uh, yeah. He's that old?" Yeah. So yes, he is. Scarecrow shows up in forty-one, followed by later in forty-one, mm-hmm. the Penguin. Damn. And I want to talk about the and, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna kind of wrap up what I'm talking about in this episode with the Penguin. All right. Cool. Okay. Cool. Let's let's talk about the penguin. Yeah. Uh, Oswald Cobblepot. Yes. Right. Yes. So just a moment ago, I was talking about Tony Oswald Zub- Chesterfield Cobblepot. Chesterfield. Yeah. Cobblepot. You're right. Yeah. Thank you. I had sure. forgotten his middle name. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm not even going to try his middle. I don't want to screw up his middle name. So I'm just going to go with his first and his last yep, name. But yep. yes, Oswald Chesterfield Cobblepot. Yes. Um. So just a minute ago, I was talking about Boss Zuko, mm-hmm. Tony Tony Zuko, and then in '42 we see the the Maroni family for the first time show up. <laughs> so we're going to be back to Italian gangsters, but right. but for now, but for now, 
Um, we're talking about an upper crust cigarette holder using top hat and monocle wearing mm-hmm. Monopoly Man caricature. Yes. And he refers to himself as the gentleman of crime. Mm-hmm. His aristocratic bearing and, and you know, uh, Mayflower uh, uh, ancestry kind of, kind of background is a, is a, pivotal part of his character and is a, and is a pivotal part of his identification mm-hmm. like he as a character is like no no you don't understand you're all the hoi polloi right i'm an aristocrat right like you, you you're all you're all idiots like, like number one i'm smarter than you all number two i'm just better than you you know because because i'm a cobblepot you know sure now <clears throat> it's interesting. the The inspiration for the character was actually a cigarette ad. Yeah, Chesterfield. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the cigarettes. They actually had a a penguin uh, with a with a cigarette holder in their ads as a cartoon character. And so Finger looked at that and went, "We we we, that's too good. <laughs> we got to do something with that." Right. And so and b- because to him looking, you know, uh, uh, white tie and tails, which is what uh, Cobblepot always wears, mm-hmm. looked to him like an emperor penguin, and he was like, "This is just this is just too good visually for us not to use." Right. And so he is a crime boss. He is an upper class crime boss who, who works to do at least early on. He, he works to give everything he does a patina of, of legitimacy while he's doing, you know, skullduggery in the background. Like Batman, he's kind of a gadgeteer because his umbrella has either a gun or a knife blade or a dart gun or a or helicopter helicopter blades like gas yeah gas yeah you know uh so so he's a gadgeteer he's a genius he's he's one of the villains who consistently is able to keep up with batman or occasionally even outthink him Mm -hmm. and the thing is he's clearly a character he's clearly a comic book villain but the penguin unlike the joker and Mm -hmm. unlike a bunch of villains we're going to get to going forward. He is entirely sane. He's totally in control of his actions. And, and his, his shtick is, I mean, aside from his visual stick shtick, his, his modus operandi is he's a crime Lord. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, 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 were it, it, it's a distinguishing trait of a large proportion of Batman's rogues gallery that in the end there are some variation on gangsters. Yes. Superman's villains lineup, murderers row, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. uh, is is made up of monsters, primordial things from Dimension X. You know, alien alien cyborgs. Well, Superman you know. is a good immigrant, and he's fighting the bad immigrants. Batman is a good millionaire, and he's fighting the bad millionaires. Okay. <laughs> Shit. 
<laughs> it is. Okay. Well, I'm done. Thank you. <laughs> sure. Thank so, you for coming to uh, Damien's TED Talk, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Because sorry, did I just wow. steal your thunder for the no, next ten oh, minutes? No, or? no. Oh, okay. I mean, not 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 real, but like you you just you just managed to basically you know uh, uh, find the rationale mm-hmm. for all of it. Yeah. Um, you know, but but you know the 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 where I was going to go with it was narratively, mm-hmm. uh, you're dealing with the difference between somebody who is wish fulfillment in the form of a supernormal, yes, and wish fulfillment in the form of godling, a superman, a a yeah. an ubermensch, yeah, you know, um, that that, um. You like know, Dionysian versus Persian, almost. Kinda. Yeah, yeah I like that. I like yeah. that. Uh, there or, is, or there maybe is something versus Jason. Like I'm trying to figure out what what mortal he would. Odyssean. Herculean, Herculean, Herculean versus Odyssean. Yeah, there you go. It's Hercules. Hercules is a demigod yep. who can literally change the course of a river's flow mm-hmm. through brute strength, which like violates multiple laws of physics and and like flow dynamics. Yes. And 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 Odysseus figures out. Okay, no, seriously, we're going to trick him. Yep. Like like so. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to build a horse. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> Don't fucking get me started on Odysseus. He is a one-trick pony. No pun intended, actually. There, but oh my god. But it's a good pun. But it's, it's a yeah, good pun. It's yeah, it is. It you is. know. So yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, we're talking about a K and Bards. Like, how many, how many yeah. tricks could they? Could they That's a good of? point. But, That's a good know, point. He's 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 a protean. You know, in 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 many ways, Odysseus is the ultimate beginning of the Batman archetype. He is he is mm-hmm. the competent man archetype, you know, back in an era when there were only so many things that you could be competent in. True. Very true. You know. Yeah. Uh, um so like, yeah, okay. The the trick he uses is okay, we're gonna we're gonna disguise ourselves as some kind of beast and, you know, he's he's not gonna notice us because we're we're hidden. Right. Okay. You know, yeah, he's repeating the same trick, but like you know, yeah, yeah. It's been a while, so, so. yeah. You know, we've no, we've, I get we've it. yeah. We, we as a species have, have developed multiple tricks. <laughs> uh, you know, in in the same way, what's Hercules got? He's got well, you know, he's kind of invulnerable and he's super strong. What's Batman got? Invulnerability, super strength, super speed, uh, heat vision, cold breath, mm-hmm. flight. Hercules can't do that. True. Um, well, Superman you know, really couldn't at first either, but no, it was yeah. fair. True. Yeah. But but you know, in the myths, we don't see Hercules jumping over anything. So you that's know, true. That's true. Hercules Hercules was a white man; he couldn't jump. So <laughs> yeah, we typically see him yanking things or vertical. holding things up. Yeah. That's yeah, that's... or holding things down. Yeah. So and we could, I could, I could get into like Hema nerddom about, you know, wrestling as the primordial martial art with mm-hmm. the Herculean myths, but oh, that's absolutely. for another time. Yeah. Um, but okay. But so yeah. back so, to Batman, he fights gangsters, yeah. Superman yeah, fights yeah. creatures. Yeah. Yeah. Superman fights monsters mm-hmm. in the, in the, you know, sense of the Titans. Yeah. Whereas Batman fights monsters in the term, in, in the sense of human monsters. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and the Joker again early on is a really great example of that because he he truly is monstrous. Like, yeah. In in the early comics, it's really hard for, well, it's not so hard for for modern readers in the 2020s to understand it because the Joker has gone back to his roots and and then some. Mm-hmm. But, you know, anybody reading the Batman comics in the, you know, 50s and the 60s would would have a hard time understanding how evil mm-hmm. the Joker was in the 40s. Um, and, and so, you know, in, in his in his at his roots, those those are the forces that Batman arrays himself against. And. You know, at this point in his development, the Penguin is in many ways kind of a very strong archetype for all of them in that he is very clearly a three-color comic book character. He is a caricature. Um, He is Mm funny-looking. He has a gimmick. Mm -hmm. But again, at the end of the day, his super abilities are money Mm -hmm. just like bruce wayne and and whatever whatever plan he's able to come up with and And uh wayne's plan it's batman's job to thwart that plan through better planning yeah Yeah. yes yeah so i mean at at this point that's kind of where i've gotten to yeah with the development of of the arc and and i think when when i talk about it next uh, we're going to be getting into the 50s, which, of course, is going to get us into the CCA. Mm. And, <laughs> oh, and actually, even before then, after after the war, mm-hmm. there was already a shift in a less dark direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the colors getting brighter and the tone changing. Mm-hmm. And uh, then it just it got it got accelerated and and uh, exaggerated by the CCA because all of a sudden um, you know Batman couldn't just let the bad guys fall into a vat of chemicals and say a fitting end for one like him, <laughs> which of course is a quote from Detective Comics you know the, the twenty seven his, his very first appearance is oh wow. When, that's that's how that's how the the chemical syndicate uh, winds up ending is, is, you know, the 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 mastermind of, of the murder plot, you know, winds up falling into a chemical vat, dying some hideous, awful death. Sure. While the Batman stands over him and says a fitting end for one like him. Um, like, oh, wow. OK, so you really are vengeance in the night. Holy crap. Yeah. You're not kidding. Um. You know, and and so at this point in the character's development, that's kind of who he is. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting to see the way that morphs going forward. Sure. And and first changes in one direction and then changes really hard back and then gets kind of flanderized back from there. Mm Mm-hmm until we wind up seeing the character that we have in the comics now who yeah well I'll get into that when I get into that but yeah. he's not the character you know, we want but he's the character we deserve <laughs> well done thank you well done you have been watching the Nolan films <laughs> 
So yeah, so that's that's at this point that's kind of what I've what I've got, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in in a condition to be to be discussed with any detail. What what do you, what do you think? Um, what is your what is your take here? Yeah, I I think you're you're dead on with he is what people wish millionaires would do with their money. He is uh the super normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a very important place for that in our lexicon of uh, comic books and what have you. Um, I think that uh, what I said um, this time around is, is like he is taking on his own people who are Mm -hmm. just the other side of the same coin for him in the same way that Superman is taking on his own people who are Mm -hmm. the other side of the same coin for him. I think it's interesting because what we're looking at is the late 1940s. So you've got the Marshall plan. You've got really high taxation, pay your goddamn taxes, and we all do better. Mm-hmm. And so he's kind of with fisticuffs doing that for people who'd rather get around the law. And Superman is okay. very much beating up on the wrong kind of immigrants, mm-hmm. uh, which is also a concern and a fear in the 1950s. Um, but sticking to Batman, I think that, um, you know, it's, it's Batman in the 1940s. There's, there's some gritty shit because there was a gritty war. And then there's the post-war stuff where he's, you know, bringing people to justice who are trying to get around their civic obligations on some level. So I think, uh, I think that's an interesting thing. So my prediction is in the 1950s, he gets legitimized in some way, shape, or form, works with Commissioner Gordon a shit ton more, um, and uh, then he's taking on the supervillain of the week um, and always getting his man because it was all about, well, it was, it was the CCA, so it was all about conformity, and it was all about that well, kind of was, stuff. It, well, it was, it, was about, it was about reinforcement of the legitimacy of authority. Yes. Uh, no subversive shit allowed. Right. Um, trying to think of just shit out of the Hayes Code, basically, because it's the same thing. Most of um, it was sex based, but but yeah, um, it, yeah. You you um, you have you know, to have the good guy win at the end of the time. Yeah. Um, and virtue you, virtue is always triumphant. Yep. And uh, you can't have the cops be crooked in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. And and yeah. So so uh, Bodler would be proud. Um. For those not in the know, boulderizing uh, is to, you know, change a story to uh, make it somehow more moral or, uh, you know, take immoral elements out of it. And most famously, um, Bodler was one of the people who insisted on changing the ending of King Lear (laughs) for many decades uh, because, uh, you know, he believed that the 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 good daughter dying was was not not fitting she needed to be properly rewarded and so he created a happy ending for king lear kind of takes the tragedy out of it but okay yeah it kind of misses the fucking point <laughs> yeah so, so speaking as an english teacher it's it's criminal just like fucking criminal but there you go and and it is boulderizing things is of course a trope and that's what happened to all super all comics period yep, yep. Uh, in the fifties uh, well okay not that's not true many kinds of comics just fucking disappeared yes the ones that <laughs> super, stayed yeah superhero comics got boulderized really hard yeah 
uh, and Batman in particular. Mm-hmm. So, and, and next time we, we talk about this, the, the details of specifically what happened, we'll be able to get into. Good. Well, uh, for right now, what you reading? Um, I, <laughs> right now I'm reading a lot of student work. Uh, Ooh. do not recommend. <laughs> do not one, one, one star. Uh, do not, do not recommend. Uh, and I'm, and I'm only, the only reason I'm not saying zero stars is because sometimes it gets so bad. It's funny. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have, I don't have a book or anything right now, uh, to recommend. How about you? Yeah, I'm actually going to, uh, stray a little bit. Um, I, I recommend Kingdom Come, but not as a comic, as an audiobook. It's really neat as an audiobook. I listened to it on cassette tape uh, 20 years ago. Okay, wait. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Yep. Okay, so Kingdom Come mm-hmm. is a graphic novel. Yes, it is. Series. Yes. How do you turn that into an audiobook? Really good voice work. A little bit of sound effects, but really good voice work. And it did okay. a really good job. I don't know that I've actually ever read Kingdom Come, but I can tell you a lot of the details of it. Like okay. I in in a similar fashion like I, you know, there's plenty of comics that I've read and I can tell you the same amount of detail having listened to Kingdom Come. But go listen to Kingdom Come. It's really cool. Okay. So yeah. All right. Um, you know, the recommendation I'm going to make right now, mm-hmm. um, is I'm actually going to recommend the Court of Owls storyline from, uh, the, the more recent Batman comics, uh, because I think there are some elements in that series of stories that kind of bring Bruce Wayne and Batman, kind of back to the roots of what we talked what you mentioned about, you know, him being a millionaire who's fighting the bad millionaires. Mm-hmm. Um, the court of owls storyline. I mean, it gets, it, it goes way over the top at the end, but there, there are some, there's, there's some really good writing involved in it. Nice. Um, okay. I'd also, as a matter of fact, another time that it's Batman against a, uh, uh, a bad, a bad rich person. Um, I'd also recommend looking into the origin of the character Hush. All right. Uh, look that up, and that's that's definitely worth worth reading. Um, yeah. Okay. Because we we see a little bit of Bruce Wayne's pre-trauma childhood. Gotcha. In that storyline, and it's it's pretty fascinating. Okay. Well, so if anybody wants to argue with you on social media, where should they go? Uh, well, you know, uh, to hell, first of all. But <laughs> if they really actually desperately need to need to find me to, to you know, uh, say something to me, hopefully something positive. But if, if you absolutely must say something negative, uh, I can be found at E.H. Blaylock, uh, both on uh, the Twitter uh, and on TikTok now. Uh, and on Instagram, I can be found at Mr. Blaylock, M-R Blaylock, B-L-A-Y-L-O-C-K. And uh, if you want to shout at the two of us for some reason, hopefully praise, but whatever, uh, you can find us at uh, Geek History Time on uh, Twitter. And where can they find you, sir? 
You can find me every Tuesday night on twitch.tv forward slash capital puns, uh, slinging puns for the last four and a half years. Uh, no sign of stopping. Um, and you can also find me on the Twitter and the Instagram at at the harmony, two H's in the middle, uh, on both the Twitter and the Instagram. So everything else is mine. That's for me to find. So uh, <laughs> for a geek history of time, I'm Damien Harmony. And I'm in Blaylock. And until next time, na 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 na